Welcome to the vault where you can find the code to unlock your success. In this space, I invite real, inspiring and successful experts. We have eye-opening conversations about the way to reach your highest potential in life and in business. We will cover the mastery of mindset, energy, emotions, transformation, sales, marketing, thriving in business without losing your authenticity and balance. Hi, I'm Sonia Martinovic and host of The Vault, an entrepreneur, mindset mastery and online business coach with an obsession on real transformation. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs and other influencers master the mindset and build a successful and impactful business. Do you want to break free from your limitations and express your truest self in business and in life? Is growth your game and success your aim? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to the vault. Let's start cracking your code. And welcome to a new episode of The Vault. I'm so excited to have Amy Wong here. She's going to give us amazing value this week in The Vault because she's the founder of Always On Purpose. She's an executive leadership coach, an author, a facilitator, working with organizations just like Salesforce, LinkedIn, Roku, and more. Amy offers transformative leadership development and cutting-edge communication strategies for executives and corporate teams around the world, as well as universities like Stanford and California at Berkeley. She pulls from various disciplines, studies, and practices to find a consilient uh, approach to achieve genuine, lasting success. For over 20 years, Amy has devoted herself to the study and practice of transformation. And as a certified executive coach and different uh, angles, she helps Thousands of transformative experiences for individuals, executives, and teams. Welcome, Amy. Oh, thank you for having me, Sonia. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Let me just get us both in screen for the people watching. <laughs> so um, yeah, please tell our audience because I'm super excited. Today, we're going to speak about something very important, which has to do with confidence and focus. And these are two major topics uh, going around from and the entrepreneurial world as well as the corporate world. So please tell our audience, how did you... How did you get here? What was like this amazing breakthrough story or epiphany that you said, <laughs> wow, I need to do this because it's so necessary? Yeah, no, thank you for the question. I, I started my journey really fascinated with mathematics and I went that path. My The first part of my life ended up somewhat technical. And I think you had mentioned before we, we began the podcast, Sonia, that you were in tech. I was in tech as well. So yeah. <laughs> back in the day, you know, my trajectory was such that I ended up at Sun Microsystems and I was there for practically for 10 years and um, very, very heavily invested in the tech industry back in the day. And I don't know if, you know, you recall Sun Microsystems was a true pioneer of, of what we now know as tech. And really what, what I started recognizing in my 20s was that I had a really powerful skill at being able to listen for what people didn't know that they didn't know. Mm. And where I started to hone that skill was 
really early on, I would say it was in high school because my love for math and also my love for music, I, I play piano, do math. And so, you know, very early on, I was teaching a lot. So I had my own business as a high schooler and I was teaching piano to kids and I was had a tutoring business and I was tutoring tons of individuals. When I went off to Cal, UC Berkeley, I was teaching math there at Cal and, and I love, 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 love to teach. But what I recognized was, wow, I can really hear what it is that people don't know that they don't know. And that's where they're getting stuck. It's yeah. not, it's not a matter of what they know. It's not even a matter of what they know they don't know. It's the stuff they don't know that they don't know. And they don't know what question to ask. And that's where they feel stuck. And so I could hear it in their logic. I could hear it in the body language and in their argument. And so as that was bubbling up for me in my twenties, I was really beginning to lean on that in a more deliberate way in my career at Sun Microsystems. And so I would end up in these roles where I was facilitating and I was, I was teaching or leading and coaching, but I didn't really know I was coaching. Yeah. And it wasn't until my first child was born. And so he's 13 now, but after Aiden was born, I had this complete breakdown breakthrough moment. And it wasn't until I, I had this beautiful soul that was now my child that really woke me up because you really, it just, there's nothing like having, you know, adding to your family to shift you on your axis and make you question everything. And so I recognized that I wasn't attending to all of me. And while my life was perfect on paper and my job was great and I loved what I did and I loved my team and I knew it wasn't my calling and I couldn't bring myself to go back and dedicate myself in that way. When I now had this child, which was really forcing me to examine my values and what I was here to do. And so in this breakthrough moment, and it truly is a breakthrough, I can't tell you, Sonia, the only way I can describe it as is a divine download because what happened is- Wow, I love that, was, divine download. <laughs> a divine download. Everything changed in literally a moment when I had this massive breakthrough. And I talk about it very briefly in my book, Living on Purpose, which is coming out this spring. But what happened was I, I recognized- so powerfully and beyond a conceptual level that I've been going about it all wrong, Mm. that it's not about figuring it out. It's about feeling it out. And all of my life, I'd been figuring it out to get to the next thing and and often forsaking the feeling. Does this feel amazing? Does this feel aligned with my heart? Sounds like a good idea, but does this feel amazing? And so really that was the, that was the catalyst for this massive shift. And in that breakthrough, I recognized, oh, wow, you know, there's this whole other part that I'm, I I need to nourish. And so completely changed everything in an instant and decided at that point, I'm going to follow my inspiration, which really was a, was, took a lot of courage because to say, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to go get my master's in transpersonal psychology. Now, mind you, my husband thought I was crazy. Here I was, you know, yeah. undergrad. They usually math. do, right? So, yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> now he's like, what are you going to do with transpersonal psychology? And I'm like, I don't know. It sounds, it just feels amazing. I can't, you have to study it. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know. I just have to do it. And it was, but it was in the following of my inspiration yeah. and having full faith that it was going to lead me where I needed to go that led me here. And so now I've been coaching for over 10 years, but I'll tell you, Sonia, it's been the most effortless, abundant, joyful, impactful. I I live a miracle every day and I am so, 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 so grateful. And it's really just been this, this commitment to following my inspiration, not following a strategy or a formula or because it sounds like a good idea or, 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 or. 
And so that's really what led me here. And over the 10 years, my focus has been evolving, you know, really into the, the realm of communication. So I'd say at this point in the game, I definitely an expertise of mine, all things communication and working with leaders, right? Especially in the tech space, because I'm very familiar with the tech space, Yeah. but all things communication and all things leadership, transformation, growth, and flow. And so, and that's where we're here. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. yeah amazing. So you, you established this need, right? When you still was working in a corporate business yourself, right? So what is this need? In, in, in the leadership teams? What is the need in, in these teams, the, the biggest need that you have discovered that, uh, mm. that, that, that you have a solution for? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, is gonna, this might make sense on the surface, but there's so much to this conversation. Mm. But what I would say is the biggest need, and this really doesn't apply, it's just, it, this doesn't just apply to leaders. This is really for everybody. But where I'm living right now is the world of leaders and, and leadership but it's resistance, it's yeah. straight up resistance. Yeah. And so then you have to ask me, well, what's resistance? Now resistance, I'm just gonna th- talk about this very objectively, right? And just very, <laughs> very objectively, black and white. Let's imagine that, you know, for each of us, there, we have a channel, right? A bandwidth, a full, like a full bandwidth for flow, you know? And if, and have you ever had that feeling of flow? So yeah, of just, course, yeah, <sighs> it's the most amazing yeah. thing. Yeah. (laughs) What's it feel like when you have flow? What does that feel like? Oh my gosh. I'm so productive. It's just like, I'm getting, I'm I'm being handed everything and time just time, time stops. But then again, you feel that your energy is like 10 X, right? So, (laughs) yeah, and it feels amazing. It feels that you are connected to something bigger. Yeah. Bigger purpose. It is so energizing and so life-giving. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and that's what's, and I, to me, that's the goal. Yeah. It's that feeling of flow because that's where amazing innovation happens. That's where amazing solutions are made. That's where amazing connections happen. That's where the, ah, the light bulb moments and the, it's just, this is the stuff of life. It's flow. Yeah. And so here I here just so thinking very objectively here, let's imagine that everybody has a bandwidth for finite bandwidth. I hate to think that we're finite, but just for the sake of argument, let's just imagine that we've got this channel for bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Now flow in my world and the way I see it is a hundred percent of our resources from an untriggered brain. So the survival brain is quiet. And from mm-hmm. this wonderfully high functioning part of our prefrontal cortex, neocortex, hundred percent of our resources flowing in one unimpeded direction out to the connected world. It allows us to see things that we wouldn't otherwise see, to make connections, come up with innovative solutions, right? That's flow. Now, resistance, what is resistance? Resistance is when we're unintentionally jamming up our bandwidth. And now we're trying to solve problems. We're trying to connect with others. We're trying to look into the future. We're trying to, with this much instead of this much. And this is where I see the opportunity is unintentional, unnecessary, jamming up of bandwidth. So then you have to ask, well, what's that about? Well, this is largely our silly, crazy inner dialogue. (laughs) This is largely the self-doubt. This is largely the ruminations of the past and the rehearsal of the present that absolutely do not serve us. And so, you know, that, that statement, you know, getting out of your own way, when I say I help leaders get out of their, help them get them out of their own way, it's, I'm really thinking quantitatively about this. How do we blow open the bandwidth 
so that full flow is available. Mm. That's really, I see where the, where the opportunity. And I can't imagine it's challenging, right? Because uh, the leaders are following the markets, right? So they have this very logical side and, 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 and analytical side, which is the markets. And then they have the flow and the intuition, the feeling and the inspiration. Mm-hmm. So how do you find that balance? How do they, they not say, okay, but listen, this is what the market wants. And may, they may not be in flow with what's happening. You know, and, and there it is. It's, it's our relationship to what is happening. That is everything. Mm. And so a deeper definition or a deeper conversation about resistance, it's really quite simple, but yes, it's our inner dialogue, but there's more to it. It's really resistance. Straight up resistance is being in your now moment and pushing against what is. What do you, what do you do when it shows up this resistance? Do you have some, some advice when it comes to, okay, This resistance is coming up. I don't want it, but it's here. What do we do? Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Well, it's it's kind of a multi, it's a, a very simple multi-step process. And the first thing we have to do is just recognize that pushing against what is is completely futile. And so many people think that change happens by pushing against what is. But the way I think about that, it's, you know, to push against what is, is, is really to have a judgment. I don't want this. This should be different. You should be different. I want this. This this shouldn't be happening. Uh, it's 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 a, an active pushing against current reality. When pushing against current reality, what happens is we're eating up bandwidth. And so I've got this. I use this analogy where, so here I've got this glass of water, right? And it's it's got a good amount of weight to it. So here we are, we're having this conversation. Now, if I had resistance to what is, let's say I had resistance to the fact that you're a mom and life is happening right now, or resistance to the fact that, you know, that that there's too much time or not enough time. If there was any bit of resistance because there was judgment or wanting something to be different about right now, what's essentially happening, it's like me holding this water glass out as I'm having this conversation with you. That's resistance. Yeah. Right. Now I can if have there is this, no presence, right? Then right. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna eat up my ability to be fully present and innovative and eloquent and inge- you know and and all of the things and connected with you just simply by holding this out. Now this is totally unnecessary. Me yeah. holding this out. Yeah. And so the goal is to put it down. So how do we put it down? So the first step is one: you have to care way more about how you feel. Because how you feel is telling you if you've got resistance going on, that's it. Because resistance is the sole indicate, like when you push against what is automatically, it causes a negative emotion. Yeah. Straight up. Exactly. If you're you're in traffic and you don't want traffic, what do you do? (laughs) Boom. You're now below neutral, the neutral line in emotion. Anytime we push against what is, it drops us into a negative emotion. Yeah. And so very simply, that's how I define negative emotion. It's just- A resistance to what is. And so the more intense than the negative emotion, the more intense the resistance. It's a it's a one-to-one correlation. Yeah. And it actually attracts more negative thoughts it's 100% and emotions, right? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent too. It so is. the first thing is to care more about how you feel. So if you're feeling great, if you're feeling buoyant, if you're feeling free, if you're feeling confident, if you're feeling if you're above the neutral line and you're in a positive emotion, keep going. That means positive emotion means there's no resistance in your equation in that moment in time. Great. Keep going. But the moment you catch, "Mm, I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling bored. I'm feeling 
anxious. I'm feeling confused. I'm feeling apathetic. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling overwhelmed, right? So anytime we're below neutral and we've got a negative emotion, it's just telling us that we're pushing against what is. Now, again, totally futile, totally futile. It does nothing for us. It doesn't doesn't change change. anything. No, it just makes us, it just eats up our bandwidth very much like me holding this out. Yeah. And it keeps us from being generative and it keeps us in a negative emotion. So the, so the second thing is catch when you're below neutral Yeah. for any reason. It could be because you're annoyed at your dog barking. It could be annoyed because someone didn't respond in a timely way. It could be because there's construction next door. It could be because you have so much on your plate and you don't know where to start. All of this is simple. When we feel negative about it, it's just pushing against. So we catch that. Okay. Negative. And then the second part, then, then, then it's just, okay, well, this is just what is. Yeah. And there's something so simple and so magical and just (laughs) acknowledging that. Yeah. This is just what is. Right. So for me, we have two dogs and they yeah. shed so much, so much dog hair. Oh my yeah. God. It <laughs> drives me nuts. You know, it drives me nuts, but there's, but what am I going to do? Like I can follow them with a vacuum all day, which would drive me nuts, which I'm not going to do. Yeah. I could get rid of them, which I'm not going to do because my kids would kill me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's at some point you just look, okay, well, that's just what it is. It's just dog hair. So then I have to ask myself, am I going to do something about it or am I going to let it be? And so when we acknowledge that things are as they are, this is just what is. I'm not saying that we become tolerant of crap, that we become that tolerant of mediocrity, we, that we become a doormat, that we just, oh, no, we just, we drop the resistance, put down that weight so that mm. I can meet the moment with true and pure presence. Okay, now what am I going to do? So in the case of dog hair, it might be, you know what, I've got so much going on. I'm not even, I don't even see the dog. I'm just going to let it be. Yeah. And just by unhooking, I've now reclaimed bandwidth to allow me to do what's on my plate in a more productive way. Or, you know what? I've got some time and this is really bothering me. I'm just going to go vacuum. And so you do something and you act with no resistance, which is going to allow you to be more productive and more fruitful in what you do next. Hmm. So it's just, it's a mindset shift. Yeah, but it's making mm-hmm. making a different decision. Is this something that that you have seen in in executives like applying this very simple technique mm-hmm. and then just shifting the whole team uh, mindset around or absolutely. shifting the whole uh, whole sphere around to say so? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the and it's really su- it's very powerful, but it's really subtle because essentially what we're doing is we're unhooking these anchors <laughs> that are on everybody's intentions and ways of being and actions. And we unhook. And so you're able to do it so much more done and so less time Yeah. while people are now in a more positive emotion than a negative emotion, because mm-hmm. again, resistance causes you to be in a negative emotion. And yeah. so it's, it just, it's, it's really, it's a super subtle shift, but it's incredibly powerful. Mm. And what would you say that causes a lot of the resistance, right? Is it, is it a fear, a fear of rejection or a fear of failure? What, what is it that you've noticed over the last two decades? Oh gosh, there's, I love this question so much. (laughs) I think there, there are some, there's a lot, there's a lot to this, but I think when we get really down to it, if we were to get to the source of most of the resistance we hold inside, yes, it's fear. And you went right to it. It's fear of rejection. And this is something I talk about all the time. 
Yeah. And I wish it's something we were all talking about more because this fear of rejection lives in all of us, but we don't give it the airtime I think it needs in order for us to really make sense of what's going on here, why we operate the way that we operate, why we do what we do, why we're motivated in the way that we're motivated. But yeah, I think it all comes down to fear and the ultimate fear of being rejected. And the reason I'm, I'm narrowing in on this is because, you know, I know you've, I'm certain you have heard, most of us know we're all hardwired to be in connection with one another. Yeah. Hardwired for belonging. And this is how we survive. And we know this intrinsically. We understand that, but we never really question like, why? Like, what is this really about? And so in a much bigger conversation, the truth is, yes, we're hardwired for connection, but we're also hardwired to avoid rejection. Like we avoid the plague. Yeah. Because, (laughs) because, you know, when we're born, when we pop out of our mother's womb, we're absolutely dependent on her for the first couple of years of life. So our brain knows that life isn't just food, water, shelter. Life, food, water, shelter will only happen if mom buys in, if yeah. mom accepts you. And so there's a wiring in us to treat social threats, show social rejection like we treat physical threats. Mm. So our brain can't differentiate between, say, a tiger jumping out of a bush or a boss putting you down in, the, in a meeting. To the brain, it's the same kind of threat. So we're wired to avoid rejection like we avoid death. And, and just a little more information you may or may not know, but rejection as an experience registers as physical pain in the brain, mm. which is unlike any other emotion. Wow. No, I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why, so think about like, you know, you didn't get the job offer or you didn't, you know, you applied for something important and you didn't get it. What do you say? Oh God, it hurts. It hurts. Oh, and then your first big heartbreak, you know, say in high school or college, you know, I'm going to die. I'm so heartbroken. Right. It literally physically hurts. And so because we treat it like physical pain or it feels like physical pain, we, we try to avoid it. So bigger story. Everything that we're doing, the way in which we perceive and interpret and navigate the world, we're always on a subconscious level looking out to avoid rejection, avoid of lack of connection. So what does that mean? Lack of, you know, so we're avoiding disapproval, negative judgment, humiliation, not in being included. All of this is super triggering for Absolutely. us. And it's so fundamental that it, it really dictates that fundamental perceptual lens that we look Mm -hmm. through to the world, which gives rise to what we see and how we, you know, interact with our world. And so going back to your question, what's the source of of resistance? A big one is this very unconscious primal fear of failure, which really means rejection. Because it's not even just failure. It's not failure. It's no, it's the rejection that you think would happen as a result of the failure. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. So part of. So what, what, what do do you do about it? Well, first it's like, it's just recognizing that this is really kind of going on under the covers. Yeah. Most of us are blindly operating on autopilot, not questioning what is, what are these drives? What is holding me back? If I were to really think through this fear and take it to its logical end, what am I really afraid of? It's rejection. 
Okay. So very, you know, very few are actually pausing and diving in to understand this. So the first step is to see this clearly. Go, oh, that's all this is. It's me being afraid of being rejected. It's me having, it's just this primal fear that's going on. Ah, I see. And so that's, that's the first step. But then the second step is really, again, it comes back to noticing how you feel because it's, if you can notice how you feel, you can recognize, then you can say, whoa, I'm playing to this fear that I'm going to be rejected. I'm playing to this fear that mm, it's, it's, it's waking up and it's deciding that you're just intolerant of feeling crappy. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's about also trusting and allowing the emotions, right? Allowing yourself to feel something and to, to, to gain that emotional resilience, not running away, (laughs) not running away from yourself. Right. Oh, that's so well said. Yeah. It's because the way I like to think of emotions is that they're not unnecessary. They're amazing and beautiful indicators of our system, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what we feel is largely because of what we are unintentionally focusing on, right? It's like watching the TV. If you want to feel good, you're going to turn on a funny movie. You're not going to turn on a horror film straight up. Yeah. You know, if you want to put yourself in a good mood, the last thing you want to do is watch a sad film. Yeah. And so because you know that whatever you're going to focus on is going to dictate how you feel, you actively change the channel or find a program that that works. Same goes for our mind. And so our inner dialogue and the focus that we have in our thoughts is also causing how we feel. So if we care about how we feel and we let our emotions tell us, oh, I'm focusing on the fear of rejection channel. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on the fear of failure channel. I love channel. that, Amy. You know, it's fear like, of rejection oh. channel. It's just like, like you're watching Netflix. but then- <laughs> Yeah, it's like, I don't have to be watching this right now. I could change exactly. to the appreciate my family channel. I can, I can like, I'm going to pet my dog and feel great channel. I'm going to go for a hike and enjoy the flowers channel. I mean, it's so I many other it. ways of focusing. <laughs> I think a lot of people can uh, can resonate with that right just and it sounds so simple just change the channel change your focus and therefore your emotion but I wanted to speak and and ask you about uh, what you think that the difference is between confidence and really trusting yourself Mm. how would you define confidence Sonia well confidence for me comes with uh, doing something and then uh, either two ways or either you have courage and you say I- I- I'm going to believe that I can do it so I have the confidence yeah. to bring this about or you have done several things multiple times and that gives you some kind of a memory and that it's safe and that you can do it again because you've done it before so yeah. that's confidence but when I look at trust, Trust is actually trusting, even if you don't have any evidence that you're going to bring it about. And I think that having trust in in, in yourself and also trust in your emotions is so much more powerful than confidence when it comes to really creating something else or Uh. going to the next level. So I I wanted to to, to just dip into this subject because I know confidence is so important. It's it's something that that is very um, 
accurate in this time and day and during the pandemic also. A lot of people need to, to make big changes. Businesses need to pivot and you need a lot of confidence and trust in yourself. So yeah. I just wanted to, oh. to see your insight. On I love this. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I definitely think they go hand in hand. And this is a perfect time to bring this question up because I'd love to talk to it through the lens of focus. And, you know, that feeling of confidence, it feels so good. And the way I like to operate around this topic is, you know, at every moment in time, like right now, five minutes from now in each and every moment for each and every one of us, all of us have an underlying primary objective running in that moment. And I like to talk about it as our stance. So right now I'm standing for something. Right now, you're standing for something, but we're usually not aware of what we're standing for. And the reason for this is because our minds are crazy. Like we've got so many focal points and there's so like, you're, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, I want to make sure I get this done on time and I got to go check on my kid. And so there's all these things going on in our head, but in every moment, there is truly an underlying primary stance. So right now with, with you, I'm doing this conversation. I'm having this conversation. Now I could be standing for you liking me. That could be my primary mm, stance, or yeah. I could be standing for impressing you, or I could be standing for doing this right, or I could be standing for connection and empowerment and possibility through this conversation. And so I, I because I know this, I fully line up with what I ultimately want to stand for here. So this mm. isn't about impressing you. This isn't about you liking me. This mm. is about this is about empowerment and connection about what's possible through a conversation. And I'm aligned with that. Now you, you could be standing for getting this done on time. You could be standing for doing it right. Or you could be standing for an amazing conversation for the sake of growth and betterment of your listeners. There are many ways in which we can focus, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so, here, so here's where trust and confidence come together. True confidence in a moment, right, is when we are fully aligned with the stance that serves us. Hmm. But most often, that. yeah, most often what happens is we end up standing for something we don't mean to be. So here's a perfect example. If we have, let's, let's imagine we have to give a big presentation and the stakes are high, right? Board members, the C, like the executive team, whatever it might be. And you don't know these folks and oh my gosh, and oh, right? So most often people will get nervous. Yeah. Now nervousness is the opposite of confidence. Wouldn't you agree that nervousness and confidence? Absolutely. Really yeah. Mm -hmm. So check this out. Nervousness, the lack of confidence, is a, it's just a symptom. And it's a symptom of an unintentional stance in that moment. So let's imagine here you are, you're going to give this presentation. And if you're feeling nervous, it's simply a sign that in that moment, you care more. You are standing for your looking image. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. You're standing for looking good. You're standing for avoiding judgment. And here it is. You're standing for yourself. Yeah. And because you've put the spotlight on yourself, you spin out. Yes. And exactly. nervousness is purely a symptom. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean you don't know your stuff. It doesn't mean you're not competent. It's just a symptom of a focus that you didn't mean. You are unintentionally standing for proving yourself. You are not standing for the goal. You are not standing for the objective. Why are you giving this presentation in the first place? None of the True purpose is in your awareness. And so what true confidence is, is to claim the stance that goes beyond self. What's this really about? <gasps> this is about their growth. 
or this is about call to action, or, I mean, I don't know, it's, there's a reason you're giving the talk. What's that reason? And when you claim it fully, when you claim it fully, boom, a hundred percent. Now here's where flow comes in. A hundred percent of your resources are now channeled in the direction of this objective, which allows you to be eloquent, which allows you to be influential, which allows you to be articulate and compelling. So this thing called executive presence, it's not a set of skills or it's not a set of traits or movements. It truly is a full alignment and stance that has nothing to do with self. And a hundred percent of your resources are channeled in that direction. And so that's where trust comes in. It's like trust. Well, it's, it's all about the thing. It's not about me. Yeah. Like, this is about the thing. This is about empowering people. This has nothing to do with me. And so you're putting your trust in that. And so yeah. boom. Exactly. The focus on, the, on, on the outcome you want to and the effect you want to have. Right. I love that. I love that. So um, you have you have written a book, right? Living on Purpose. Please tell me about it. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this book, Living on Purpose, I am so excited about this because it is a collection of 10 years of frameworks, lessons, stories, science that I have essentially accumulated over the thousands of conversations I've had in my, my coaching journey with, with individuals and leaders. And what this book is, it's really a roadmap of five deliberate choices. And I call them choices because they truly are choices, or in other words, perceptual shifts that we can make, choose right. to make that ultimately lead to true fulfillment and joy. And I am um, yeah, very excited about it. It comes out May 24th of this year. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And Thank you. And it's on pre-order. So it's on Amazon and living on purpose. Yeah. So you can find it now. <laughs> That's great guys. So if you're interested in, and, and I, I mean, we had an amazing conversation. If you're interested to reading uh, more or seeing more, it will be in the show notes, but tell me how can people uh, and businesses find you? Oh, can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about if they want to know more about you, where, where can they find, find you? No, thank you. Absolutely. So there's a ton of information about me and what Always On Purpose is about and what I offer. And it's alwaysonpurpose.com, my website. And I have a handful of resources there. So if you'd like to learn more, or dive in. And on the resources page, there are a couple of practices that you can engage in, which are really helpful. LinkedIn, obviously, is a great place to go as well. So Amy Elisa Wong is my username and, you know, putting stuff out there. So love to engage if, if, if that is, if what, you want to dive in, come along. I'm sure you and I am go are going to be in, in, in touch and, <laughs> and be connecting with each other. Definitely. But before we go, I really want to ask you one question. And what is the one question that nobody ever asks you, but you would love to answer? Oh my goodness. What an amazing question. You know, maybe it's this one, Sonia. <laughs> I'm going to say it's this question. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, it's as a coach, I'm the one always asking the questions, the, the, the you know, trying to find the question that hasn't been asked. And yeah. I don't know if it's been reflected back at me. So I'm just going to say it's this question right here. 
Because <laughs> I'm all about looking for a better question. Yeah. I think this is the one. Thank you, friend. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Amazing. I love that. I love that answer. It's very authentic. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back next week where we will level up again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Vault. Respect for showing up and creating your next stage of life and business. If you like this episode, I invite you to dive deeper and stay. The S stands for subscribe and share. Make a screenshot right now and pay it forward and send this to five friends who can benefit from this value. The T stands for try and transform. Try the technique, at least until the next episode. The A stands for action. Action creates success. Don't stay a student when you have a code. You should try to open the vault. And finally, the Y stands for you. This is about the most valuable asset of the vault and life in general. The one and only authentic you. So if this was your code, please comment and help the vault grow. Hashtag unlocked, hashtag next level, hashtag dive deeper. And see you next week to level up again.